Praise God. Well, we started a series last week called Honoring God in Our Finances, and it was we're kind of uh, going on the, on the tail of, of the series commission that we had, talking about the Great Commission, and this goes right along with it, and so we're kind of segueing into this. You know, there was, I was going to cover some of this just as part of that series, but there was just too much that I had to, to do that, and I really felt, no, we need to cover this separately and uh, take our time. So that's what we're doing. Let's look at Matthew 6, verse 31. If you missed the first uh, message last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Watch it. It's available a number of places. And you can catch up and come right along. You'll be fine this morning, but it always just, uh, you know, we get, want to get everything we can. And um, we'll build on these as we go through them. Matthew 6, verse 31 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This is Jesus speaking. Let's go back to verse 31. He said, therefore, do not worry. He's just got done just talking about, uh, you know, the way people act. He talk, he's saying, look at the birds and, and how God takes care of them and, and, and really um, how we should behave, uh, you know, concerning some of these things. And so, and he's summing it up in verse 31. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? talking about the lilies of the field and the birds, and said, God takes care of them, and how much more valuable are you than them? And so he's saying, therefore, we're not going to take time to read all that, therefore do not uh, worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? In other words, asking all the questions, how are we going to do life? Verse 32, for after all these things, the Gentiles, or at the time, you know, the, the people without God, the people without the one true God, seek... For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Well, does He? Is that a true statement? Does He know that we need the things in life? Is that true? Of course it's true, but you know, we can act like it's not true. We can mentally assent to it. Yeah, it's true, but then go right and act like it's not true. Well, He doesn't really get it, so we got to take care of it. You know, there's spiritual, and then there's the material, and then there's the natural. And, you know, we got spiritual, come to church, yay, yay, but then, you know, we got to get it done by ourselves in the real world. That's not true. God knows what we need. God knows the way this world system is set up. He, you know, it's not, it's everything that's going on, he's not the author of it. All the destruction and the craziness in the world, that's not God. He's not, he's not, uh, advocating and, and creating those things. There is a devil. There is an enemy in the world. Uh, but God knows how to get His work done in the middle of the chaos. And so He knows what we need to do that. The verse 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first God's things, and then all the other stuff you need that he just got done talking about, they will be added. Let's look at it in the ERV version, the easy-to-read version. It says, don't worry and say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Or you can say, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? How am I going to get this done? Verse 32, that's what people who don't know God are always thinking about. Don't worry because your Father in heaven knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what He wants you to do. And then He will give you all these things, other things you need. I'll read that, verse 33 again. What you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what He wants you to do. That's what we should want most. Jesus. Jesus is saying this. Then He will give you all these other things that you need. In the CEV, verse 33, that last verse we read, says, But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what He wants. 
then the other things will be yours as well. So Jesus said, look, the world's seeking after all this stuff. Don't be like them. That's all they think about. He said, put the things of God first and you'll have what you need. 1 Samuel 2.30, just the last part of that verse. It says, those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Those who honor me, this is God speaking, those who honor me, I will honor. Jesus said, you seek first the things of God and this other stuff, it'll take care of itself. So we've been, in our, in our last series, um, spent some time on the Great Commission and different facets of that. We are here on the earth as Christians for a purpose, and that purpose is to share the gospel, to do the work of God, to lead people to God, and to build up the body of Christ while we're here. Let's just read a, a, just a couple of the verses that we read in that, but I want to uh, cover some things specifically as we're segueing into this. Mark 16, 15 said, he said to them, Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus said, go into all the world. We read several verses like that. We're not going to take time to read it. But he gave uh, the, the church a, a commission. Well, that would be uh, God's things on the earth. That would be his priority. Doing what God wants you to do would include primarily this, right? Amen? We spent a whole lot of time on that. This is our primary uh, job on, on the earth is, is as Christians here, of course, we want to know God, we want to worship Him, we want to grow up in the things, but why are we doing this on earth right now? I mean, if we can do that in heaven, because there's still a job to do. We, we, there is people... There are people that need to come to know Him, and they're going to come to know Him uh, through people like you and through efforts of a congregation like this. God's church on the earth is the vehicle whereby He is getting His work done. And so that, that is His work. His work, the things of God, are the more, most important. That means doing what He wants us to do in our lives. That is the most important. 2 Corinthians 5.18, in the NLT, it says, And all of this is a gift from God. We read this too many times, but just a portion of it, talking about our role. It said, All this is a gift of God, who brought us back, talking about righteousness, who brought us back to Himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. So through Jesus, the world has been reconciled to God, and we are ambassadors to get it done. It says here, God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. That's our role. That's His work. On the earth is, is moving forth the kingdom of God. He uses people. He's always used people. The 12 disciples, the 12 apostles were, were people. You believe God Almighty trusted that group of 12 people. Of course, one of them checked out and they replaced him. But the original 12 people, to get his, he left. Jesus goes back into heaven after his death, burial, and then he, uh, his resurrection. Then he, he leaves, and he leaves his work to this group of 12 people to get His work done. And that is what's carrying on now is His work, and we're all part of it, not just 12. You know, there's more disciples than two, but each and every one of us that call ourselves Christians or followers of Christ, we have a role, and that's the most important role we have, is servants and children of Almighty God. There are a lot of natural roles we play in this earth and fulfill, and they're important, but they are secondary to your relationship with God, number one. You're a child of God. We sang about it. Child of God, number one. Now, we have special relationships. You may be husband. You may be wife. You may be father. You may be mother, brother, sister. And then those are very important. 
But then you may be, uh, you know, you have a certain job, vocation, um, maybe volunteering in different places, in different organizations in the church. Those are all important, but our role, how those roles come together to form the role of serving God on the earth is the most important. That is the predominant thing is what is God doing and how am I involved in that? That supersedes any of the natural things that come and go on this earth. And if we have that role right, then everything else will flow from that. I mean, you can't be the, the best anything on this earth if you, if you don't have uh, your uh, relationship with God right. In other words, as we know God and we let that affect our other uh, relationships and other roles, we're, gonna, we're going to, um, those are going to be what they ought to be. So that is the most important. Let's look at Luke 16, verse 10. Luke 16, verse 10, this is Jesus speaking. It says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Verse 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either or he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon is money. I don't know. Does that, has anybody used the word mammon ever in your life apart from reading the Bible? I, I, I don't know. It's not in our vocabulary. Let's look at the CEB version, makes it a little more clear. It says, Whoever is faithful with little is also faithful with much, and the one who is dishonest with little is also dishonest with much. If you haven't been faithful with worldly wealth, money, who will trust you with true riches? If you haven't been faithful with someone else's property, who will give you, give you your own? No household servant can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, or you cannot serve God and money. Jesus said so. In other words, you can't, what you do with your life cannot be determined by both God, but then on the other hand, you're going to try to serve wealth or money or material things. Jesus said it can't be done. So when we're looking at our life and looking at what is priority, Jesus said, seek first His kingdom. Seek first what He wants us to do. He gave us a commission. So our first and foremost thought when we are looking at our lives, what we're going to do and what we're going we're to talk about just in general, what, what it looks like we're doing and how that affects um, materially, but it is not based on natural things. It is not based on how much money you would make. Did you hear me? That, Jesus said you can't serve both of them. Did I lose somebody? It's not based on, we don't base what we do in life based on material things, Jesus said you'll end up serving that. And at the end of the day, that's not the most important thing. But just look around the world. That is one of the most forward things in the earth is seeing what you can do money-wise and that drives a lot of people's decisions in the earth. Is that true or not? It drives so many decisions, so many uh, areas of our world. And people, getting ahead of myself, but people can make very bad decisions when you do it based on money or gain. Jesus said, look, that's what people without God are thinking about all the time. That's what he said when we read it in Luke uh, or, or Matthew 6. He said, Peep, that's, what, that's what people that without God are thinking about all the time. But for us, we're supposed to look at 
His things, and then all the other stuff will follow. The goal isn't to find the job or vacation that makes you the most money. The goal is to do what the Lord Jesus Christ would have you to do. Now, we talked a lot about this in relation to, um, you know, in the Great Commission, you finding your role. And I want to touch on that in relation to this, this subject as well, because what you do in life and what you are doing has got to be and how we fulfill those um, how we fulfill our responsibilities what responsibilities we have the direction we go has got to be based on what he would have us to do it can't be driven by some of these material things otherwise we'll end up in the wrong place it's got to be him on the throne and notice if you go back to um, let's look at Luke 16, verse 11, in the CEB. Can we look at it in the CEB? It said, If you haven't been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Saying, money is not true riches. Amen? Amen. It's not. I was just at a funeral yesterday. Uh, money is not the primary thing when you get to the end of your life. And you look back, it's not how much money you made. That is not the goal. But in the world, that is made to be the goal a lot of times. When you look back at the end of your life, there are so many more things more important. And forget just even looking back at the end of your life right now. How much is the relationship with your spouse worth, dollar-wise? How much are your children worth? You put a dollar amount on that? How much is your health worth? Most of those things in going through people's minds right now are you can't even put a dollar amount on it, right? That means every person in here is wealthier than you probably have ever thought about. True wealth? Beyond what we probably usually consider. Because the true precious things, they're not money. How about uh, spending eternity with God Almighty versus in hell? How much is that worth? <laughs> any amount of money on the earth. Any amount. You name it. It's, it's beyond any amount dollar wise it just doesn't even you don't even it doesn't even bring it up so you have some money on this earth and then spend eternity apart from god no comparison there's just it doesn't even enter in the calculation your health if, if you lose your health any amount of money in fact people spend any amount of money they have to get back something they used to take for granted is that not true we ought to thank God every day for these things that we have that are actually worth something. And people, one person is more, is worth more than all the money in the entire world. One. We said your family. I mean, what, what amount of money would you pay to have your child alive and, and well or, or your spouse? Most people would say, take it all. Right? Well, that shows us what's really valuable. Jesus said you can't serve money and then God. And he said what you do with money, if you, if you don't do something with the money right, that is actually not that valuable, then how will you deal with things that are truly valuable? See, that puts it in perspective. We start to wait a minute. Because the world, they don't talk like this. Maybe in a, in to a measure... But when you put it in the kingdom of God, God knows what is really valuable. His word states it. And what we're doing on the earth should be tied up in what is truly valuable, not in what is a sidetrack. And what Jesus said is actually down here, meaning money. It's not even that important. It's a means of exchange. 
I mean, is it important in the, the sense that we deal with it every day? Yeah, we deal with it like we said last week. If you just say, oh, that just doesn't matter. It's just all the spiritual things. People deal with it every day, so that's why we're talking about it. It's in the world. How do we deal with these things? We need to, sh to look at it, but we need to know by looking at it, this isn't actually that important in the scheme of things. And when we start to understand that, now we're actually in a position to operate our lives the way God would have us do it for true, enduring value. I don't know about you, don't you want to operate your life so that when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, you know you didn't get sidetracked on stuff that doesn't actually make a difference? And like we said, just naturally when you get to the end of your life, boy, everything fades so fast when you see it in light of somebody's life. Then, real quickly, what are the important things that they did just rise to the top? Everything else just goes in the background. Decisions that people um, magnify in the here and now. Do you know how quickly people forget what somebody does, some achievement, how quickly it fades? People that are lauded today in, um, in certain achievements, how quickly they're replaced by the people that are doing it tomorrow. Even on your, you know, anybody that's been around uh, in a workplace for very long, you know, you may be the person that's doing something today, but you know what? People move on. Anybody found that out? You know your job, it's the, this person's doing such and such until, oh, they're gone, so now this person's the one doing it. You're the go-to person. You're not, and, and, and this person's the go-to person now. There's nobody that is irreplaceable in that sense for those type of functions. But irreplaceable as a person, yes. Irreplaceable as a, uh, in, in who you are and the, the important things, absolutely. Let's look at Romans 12, verse 4. We looked at this, we're going to look at this briefly and look at another verse that is, uh, covers some same things. But it says, For as, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So all the members, we said this and emphasized this, do, all members of the body of Christ don't have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one, individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. You're going to use what? The gifts that are given to you according to grace. It says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So there's different roles, different giftings in the body of Christ. And we talked about that generally. This applies to what we do in our lives vocationally. And it takes different types of people in the body of Christ to do what the Lord would have done. And so as we're looking at that, we don't want to be led by the wrong thing in deciding and in continuing to decide what we're supposed to do. It ought not be based on some side goal of material things. See, the world looks at this different. It will put a premium on certain things, but the, 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 the Bible, God said there are different functions. Well, there are different functions in the body of Christ, just as there are different functions. We look around in, in different organizations, there are different functions to get the job done. They can't all be the same types, nor should everybody want to be a single role. But see, it, it, it's skewed sometimes in our society. People say, well, I, will, I want to be this role, and sometimes it's because, because that has the most power, influence, or wealth. That's the wrong motivation, and will get us in the wrong place. We can't have the value system of 
the world, when we're talking about kingdom things, the, the value system is what would God have me to do, period. That's it. And we need different types of people. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. So comparing the, the human body to the body of Christ or the body of Christ to the human body, we, ought, we know that our body is made up of different parts. Verse 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, and does not make it, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, we talked about that in some, in some aspects of generally doing what God would have you to do and fitting into slots I want to bring this into the forefront that as we do that in life, we want to be doing what God has gifted us to do, what He's graced us to do, and make sure that we're not trying to do something that we think because of society, because of some uh, understanding that that is somehow better because the world will put certain premiums on certain positions. That doesn't mean that's what we ought to do. There are different roles, and they are necessary. And when we see it in the realm, you guys got to believe with me to get this out the way God has given it to me. We're, we just believe this morning that we're going to get it out. Amen? Amen? As He's given us, God has given us a task. He's given us a commission in the world, which is the Great Commission. That needs to be the overriding concern for us as Christians, is what is His work? What's going on with His work? Now, when we're doing our work, the, the dominant thought is, how am I fitting into what He's doing? Not necessarily, how am I fitting in to what other organizations are doing? That is a part, but the dominant thought has to be, how do I fit into what He wants me to do? Then I can fit correctly into His plan, and I'll be, use the word carefully, not, not happy, but fulfilled. Not always easy, necessarily, but it will be the right thing. See, we need different, like, just like this scripture said, there's different roles or there's different parts to the body. We need different people doing different tasks in the world to help the body of Christ. And what we do to help the Great Commission is manyfold. What we do in our personal witness, what we do with the church, our congregation, how we are affecting the world, how we bring our substance and our material things to get the Great Commission done on the world, they all go together. And so not everybody is going to be ministering full-time in like a ministry role. Not everybody is going to be the person... Uh, leading a business, nor, would every, nor is everybody gifted to do that, and nor does everybody want to do that. 
Everybody is not gifted to be in a full-time role in a ministry. Not everybody wants to be. Not everybody is going to be a teacher or a scientist or an architect or an accountant or a full-time musician or an engineer. Not everybody is going to be a salesperson, a marketer, or a project manager. But you need the different roles in order for uh, just in any organization to get the job done. And in God's kingdom, there's going to be those different types of roles. And we shouldn't be led by the material or monetary when doing those things. We ought to be led by, God, what is your work and how do I fit into it? Because then I'll be able to contribute at the best level, but I will actually be fulfilled. But so many people are looking, um, can be led to feel like they, or can be pushed to feel like they should be moving towards something else because somehow in their belief system, that's the best position. When really we're supposed to be working together to make sure the job gets done. And everybody has their part, and part of that means of exchange is the monetary, so people sometimes change, chase that and think that's got to be the best when that's not true. If there's something that, well, I have to be the CEO. Not everybody wants to be a CEO. Not everybody can be a CEO. Some people in some belief systems say, I, I want to be the person in full-time ministry. Well, not everybody, you have to be graced to do that, and everybody could do that, and everybody wants to do that. In some people's belief system, they want to do something more technical. And not everybody can do that either. And not everybody, they can't, nor do they have the desire to do it. You know, some people are very good you know, just with people and talking to people and sales and all that stuff, and not everybody wants to do that, nor should they do that, nor are they graced to do that. So imagine building, you know, like a, a sports team, if they're going to build a stadium, a new stadium. That thing does not get done because the leader says, we're going to build a stadium. Do you want the leader of that organization doing, working on the infrastructure in the, the mechanical part of that stadium? Do you want him in there screwing things in? Does, is he necessarily going to have the competence to be the CEO, but also the competence to get the technical work done? Is he going to be the one that's going to lay out all the systems and the technical systems for all... I mean, look at the stadiums now. I mean, they have all these screens, they have all the lights. All that's got to be coordinated somehow. Do you want the guy that's saying, go do it, to get in there? Is he going to be competent, likely, to be able to do all that other stuff? No. Do you want the guy that's responsible for all the marketing to make sure everybody knows about everything? Is he the one that's going to be, you know, putting up beams in the electri electrical system? Probably not. Do you want the electrical guy, the guy that's good behind the scenes or the technical guy out there selling everything? Probably not. And you definitely don't want the players really having anything to do with building the stadium whatsoever. Because they're supposed to be practicing and figuring out they're their, doing their thing so that they can actually play well so that people are in the stadium. Is that true? Well, it's the same thing in the body of Christ. But what people will look and go, see, you look at it like that, people say, well, I want to be the quarterback. Or I want to be on the field. Okay, that's one thing. Some people are like, no, dude, I want to, I want to own the whole thing. That is the pinnacle. And some people are like, man, if, how does all that stuff work? I mean, they're technically minded, man. I want to just run all this because that's very cool. I want to do that. Well, which one is the most important? If you want to have the whole thing go, and you could have a beautiful stadium and have a, a, a team that's completely uh, horrible, and it, at the end of the day, it's not going to help the goal go forward. Is that true? You could have a guy that has great vision for everything and be like, yeah, get her done, except he doesn't have anybody that knows how to do any of that stuff. You, 
You have somebody that's like technically could do everything, but don't have any money to do it, don't have any connections to get it done, and doesn't know anybody that plays, you know, the sport. So not going to happen there. Which one is the most important? I mean, I know we talked about this generally, but when we, which one, which one should you do? Some people are going to go, you want to be the CEO. He's got the, he makes the most money. Is that, if you're looking at it from a perspective of getting the job done, is, is that necessarily the most important role? Very important. But you can't do all the other stuff just with that lead and, and with all these other roles. We have to be led by God to know what, is, what am I supposed to do and take the other aspect, the material aspect, and the natural aspect off the table knowing we have a part to play in what God is doing and that has got to be the number one thing. Go back to what Jesus said. He said, don't seek after the other stuff. Don't think like the people without God think. Don't think, well, if I, but if I did this, I'd get more money. And that's going to help me. Uh, what should our first thought be? What, Lord, would you have me to do? I'm going to seek first your kingdom and make sure I'm taking care of what you would want me to do. Then, they said, all the stuff will be added to you. I think we focus sometimes so much on, and like I said last week, on the what's going to happen for me. I'm focusing on how I'm going to get the stuff rather than the main thing is, Lord, what's my role in your kingdom in this area, because then that stuff will come. It'll be taken care of, but that is not my motivation. He didn't say, so that the stuff would come. He just said, seek God, and then it would. See, I don't want to determine my place. Why are we spending time on this? Because this is foundational. We're supposed to honor Him, number one. Honor Him... With what we have, that brings everything to the table. We, bring, we say, God, what would you have me to do? And now, if I honor you, if I get in my place, then everything else can happen. I leave the part. Now, there's a lot of facets to these things, and we're going to get into them. I mean, there's not just giving. There's not just you know, serving God with the right vocation. There's a lot of things that the Bible has to say about finances, and we'll talk about them, but there are things. We ought to put God first in what we decide to do, in how we run our, our life this area. We ought to put God first in tithes and offerings. We ought to put God first when it comes to how we spend our time in these things, but, and, and how we manage our money and how we spend it. There's, there's all those things. It's not just a single facet. But we need to first know that it is honoring God and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And take off the preconceived ideas sometimes of thinking certain things are better than others. There is no premium calling. Even within ministry things, people say, well, this is the best. No, no, it, the best is what God told you to do. What else are you going to do but what the Almighty asked you to do? You know, people are trying to do things that are not, they're not equipped to do. You know, could people think, like we're talking about business. People will try to do business things and run businesses when they really don't have the capacity to do that. There's ministers that have tried to do that and tried to like straddle and they're trying to run the business because they think, well, uh, you know, I, I, it's not a God thing. Some people are able to do that, but there's people that are actually going and trying to run a business because they think that's what they, they need to do that too instead of just focusing on what they're called to do. There's some businessmen that think they try to preach and they're not called to do that either. They just need to stick to what they're called to do. They have a brilliant business mind, everything, they, they know how to run everything, but they, they put that aside and say, well, I, I'm gonna, I'd rather preach, or I'd rather do any number of things, or they'd rather, you know, do one of these other vocations. People do this within, you know, I mentioned like ministry things, they, they look at one thing and go, that's, that's the thing I want to do, that's the best. There's no best. It's what God calls us to do. Well, we all have different gifts and talents. So as we 
go before God and say, Lord, what, what is it that you would have me to do? Then our, role, our, our, our focus is His things. How can I use my abilities for His things? Now, then He's got a set of things that He tells us in His Word that everybody does. Everybody will have a role, and we're talking about financially. Finances, there's a role, but we shouldn't say, oh, but I need to do this to fulfill that role. We'll get off. We'll, we can, where we are supposed to, we're very gifted to do a certain area. You know, maybe it's something behind the scenes. Uh, would never want to be out front doing something that's flashier. Sometimes people like, they, they feel like, yeah, but I should. I should do it. I, I should because then, and they'll say this, it sounds spiritual, but it's not. I, I could give more. If I, if, well, no, go back up to what are you supposed to be doing? Do you know it's easier sometimes to write a check than to do what God told you to do? It sounds spiritual. Well, if I, if I went and did this other thing or I started this business, then I could give more. Okay, but what did God tell you to do? That's a good thing, but the number one thing is what did God, what has the Lord gifted you to do and should you, what's your role in all those things? Because there's some people that are in the role of, they, they, they uh, and, it, and we, it, it references it in Romans 12, it says, he who gives. Give with liberality. There are people that, that are very much in the financial realm and have a lot more go through their fingers, and then they're accountable and responsible for, to God to ha- what they do with that. But then there's people that are in a different role that isn't necessarily like that, not going to have, just naturally speaking, that much go through their hands. But should they not do that? Because then if everybody just tried to be the, the one role, there's nobody that's going to get the rest of the work done. I mean, you're not going to have anybody competent that can actually fulfill the vision. Because everybody said, well, I'm just going after, you know, I want to be the leader. Not everybody can be that. Not everybody's graced to. Not everybody's gifted to do that. But all together as the body of Christ, we do have it. We can do what He called us to do together. Look at 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Everybody settled on that fact. We didn't bring anything in, and we're not going to be bringing anything out. Verse 8, And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, and you could say, see, people look at that and think, well, rich, I don't desire to be rich. I mean, rich, that's, and everybody's got this, this, uh, definition in their mind. Well, this is rich. You need to realize everybody in here by the world standard would be rich. Most of the world does not live like most of the people, most of us here. So when people have this, con- this uh, mark, okay, I, well, I don't want to be rich. It is you want something more than you have, and it's the same uh, connotation here. It, verse 9 then say, it says, but those who desire to be rich, just say, I desire to have more. Desire to have stuff because then the same, um, the same sequence of events happens here. It's, it's a temptation to do exactly what Jesus said. He said you can't serve two masters. If you're going to serve God, then you're not serving money. It doesn't matter how much the money increment is. If you start serving it, it doesn't matter if it's a 50 cent an hour raise. If you start saying, well, I'm going to go over here because of that, you just started serving money instead of what did God want you to do. Well, I'm going to change jobs or change um, vocations because this is more. You just fell into this line of thinking where I'm going to start doing something else because of what 
because of the monetary rather than what God said. Doesn't matter how much it is. So when we say rich, people say, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Now, this would be nice. Same thing. If it takes you away, or it's just a way of thinking. Let's read verse 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I think sometimes we think of this in a certain way. Okay, just we'll say this and then come back to verse 10. When we think of somebody for the love of money, can you keep that up? And we'll read it together, the scripture. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And then for which some have strayed from the, their faith and their greediness, now that's the extreme, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I think we think of it like this sometimes. Oh, well, somebody just went off the deep end and they were so greedy that they just went and did something super stupid and they just blew their life up. That's what we think this is. That, that includes that, right? Absolutely, that would, it would include that. But for the, it says the love, of money, money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith. Well, you could completely turn your back on God, yeah, but you could also say, think, I'm supposed to be doing such and such, but you kind of put that inside and go, yeah, but I'm going to do this instead. You just did the same thing. Strayed from their faith in their greediness, anything where you're going, oh, that's better, and not putting God first, that is, that's a pull. That's in the world. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Well, that would include you going through decades in your life and then realizing, I got off track. I started thinking I should do something over here because of something material. That would fall into this same category where you could have sorrow thinking, I was supposed to do such and such, but I got blinded by the fact that this was more or this was more influence, and so I got in this path, and now I'm sorrowful because what is the number one thing I'm supposed to be considering? God's plan and what He would have me to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first to do what God wants us to do. So anything that starts bumping up against that, and we're focusing on this, this area, the financial realm, and starts make, getting us to go off and drop what God would have us to do in favor of something else, then we are moving toward being having sorrows, messing things up, and looking back going, why? I put something that wasn't valuable higher than the true value. Because at the end of the day, what I want to do is do what God has called me to do within that structure to be this part or to be this part, or it may be this part, but I do that in the bigger scheme at His direction, run, uh, play my role, submit to Him, and then I am going to be fulfilled, and the things are going to be, they're going to run correctly in the greater kingdom. But when I take myself out, especially for these reasons, or I shouldn't say especially, but this is one aspect as we're walking through thinking, yeah, but it, it would be so much better if I had such and such and such and such. We're playing with the exact same thing that somebody that reaches and is completely greedy, reaches for something and blows up their whole life. It's the same thing. Do you see that? It's subtle because we'll say, I I'm not there, so I'm just doing this, so it's okay. And you got plenty of examples in the world to uh, help us to think that way. Ah, well, it's fine. But what we, what we need to come to is that if I'm going to do what God called me to do, now you can come up in any area that He calls you to do. Okay? He's called you to do something, and now you're going to develop. As we do that, if, if we're going to do that, put Him first and, and do what He's called us to do, there is going to be, now, within that context, I'm going to have certain things that I do financially as I'm looking to the Word of God. In other words, I don't 
I, I'm going to determine what it is I'm doing. Where's my part? What am I doing? may look different than somebody else. But in that, then there are principles throughout the Word of God, which we'll talk about, that apply to me. In other words, I don't have to jump into a different role to, to start applying the principles that God has given generally. Does that make sense? If, I get, if I'm thinking the general principles that God has, has given me, of how I do work with money, only apply to a certain few people because they're at whatever top of whatever hierarchy I, I have constructed in my mind or I've grown up with, then that works. But everybody else, until you get over here, it doesn't work. Then I will discount everything that God's Word says about how I should run my finances. Does that make sense? Because I'm thinking, I've already disqualified myself from that. And what I'm actually thinking is I should have to jump roles over here and I can go through life like that, thinking I should be doing something. If we just settle it, that I'm supposed to be following the Lord, and the number one thing is what I do for His kingdom, and at the end of my life, I'm going to be, I, I, the most important thing is, what were the, the valued things in His kingdom that, that uh, I did, not somebody else's value system. If I settle that, now I can do what He's called me to do, with the gifts and talents He's called me to do it with, I can, I can submit my finances to Him in that realm, not always thinking, oh, but I should be doing that like so-and-so, or I should do that, look at how that's working out. No, I cut that off, I come back here, and now I can let those principles apply to me. I can hold my head up high. I cannot feel pressure all the time to be somebody else and to be their role in the kingdom of God. I can just be content with my role, and trust God that He'll take care of me and add to me like He said in His Word. There's contentedness in that. There is fulfillment in that. There is, I am serving Him. I'm not serving stuff. And then I can develop, as, as He enables me, I can develop in those areas, I can come up, but everything I have is submitted to Him. And we'll talk about that. As it's submitted to Him, it doesn't have me. Doesn't matter how big it gets, doesn't matter how much it grows. My number one thing is God, my number one priority is, Lord, what would you have me to do? And now I am in the right position to move forward with what God has called me to do in life, regardless of that role. Amen.